0: Again, from the mountains overlooking Kingston, Jamaica. So you may hear motorcycles ripping around behind us or trucks climbing the hill. we just come through a big tropical storm here, and we delayed a bit, but uh, this will be our last episode from Jamaica.
1: Yeah, so feeling a little blue, dressing the occasion, because we're going to be leaving our loved ones here. And if I dwell on it too much, I start crying. So um, that's my heart these days, a little bit here, a little bit there and it just it's hard but thank god for the internet and we're excited to be with you and last week we had the zoom parties and that was a lot of fun after after we finished the show we went to the zoom parties and i got to get into both of them and we really enjoyed that so i want to encourage you um when we do do the zoom parties which we will be doing right now once a month Plan to be there with us. We're going to keep announcing when that will be and build that up and um, just schedule yourself a little extra time on that day. But if you would right now, stop and share this with a couple friends. Um, We want to keep adding to our network and to our family. So would you do that for me right now? Would you stop and share this with at least two or three friends? And if you want to do more, would love that.
0: You know, one of the things I love about the Media Light Network is that it is a global network. We are made up of people from around the world. Uh, Our ministry is headquartered actually in Asia. And so we we get it. It's Mm -hmm. a big world with a lot of different kinds of people. And everybody is a valuable part of what God is doing in the world. We love what is happening in your nations. And we love to see you grouping together. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been mentioning... Uh, how Frankie and his team in India are coming together week after week, and they're starting to build a a coalition. Uh, Last week, we had more viewers from uh, different places in Africa.
1: Yeah, Rayma joined us um, last week, and he um, is connected to Sai, who's in Scotland, who joined us, um, I believe it was our first week. Mm -hmm. And we got to know her really quick and feel just embedded in our hearts with you, Sai. And And she's connected a few other people, and we're just really excited about how this network, but I choose to call it our family, is growing.
0: Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's an important thing because we want to see groups country by country starting Mm -hmm. to form, and then we've got the beginning of something really amazing because then it begins to spread media training and the encouragement to be uh, more evangelistic and more outreaching, and not just uh, church maintenance. You know, these really are strange times. And when you get a chance to be with somebody physically, Mm -hmm. we have to learn to cherish that and make the most of all these opportunities. So, you know, today the topic is about the the danger of ministering in Babylon Mm -hmm. because that's been our theme for the last few weeks is that this world is under darkness, Mm -hmm. and we've got these great human power centers and those centers are spiritual Babylon Mm -hmm. and we've been talking about how God has sent us to reach out to Babylon and go in and love Babylon and give Babylon his message but today we want to take a you know a pause and say just understand uh, this is not a peacetime activity Mm -hmm. and there are dangers Mm -hmm. when you minister in Babylon Mm -hmm. so I think it's going to be a valuable time and I'll be back in just a little bit with my talking points.
1: And I'll see you in the chat room.
0: You know, there's always been this tension between the uh, concern for holiness, for um, separation holiness, because there's that, that very clear biblical mandate that God's people need to live like God's people and that our morals, our ethics, our lifestyle has to reflect the goodness of God and the values of the heavenly realm, uh, even in difficult situations on earth. But Many people have taken that, and you know, you have battles like uh, should I only listen to Christian music, or can I listen to other music? You know, is it sinful for me to watch uh, movies or read books that have things in them that, you know, they're just not good morally and ethically, but maybe the story you feel like compels it, and all of these battles, you know, and this is as old as the desire to live a life of holiness because it has led some people and whole branches of christianity and of judaism to make as an important tenet that we just stay away you know we stay away from the cities we stay away from the people of babylon we stay away in the in the effort to remain holy and to be uh, special people unto the Lord. We just stay with each other. And so we create, and there's whole industries now. This has become business. Now there's, a, you know, there's Christian music labels, there's Christian book companies, which strangely are not owned by Christians. Uh, and there are Christian cruises, there's Christian day at, you know, different amusement parks, just from this whole idea of wanting to remain separate from the world but then there's a tension also in the same bible and that is the commandment to go out and to engage people and to initiate relationships and some people have never really mastered this tension thing and so you know they they stay completely separated relationally and they just want to, like, rail at culture and at, at lost people. And they, you know, they might be willing to debate and they might be willing to, uh, you know, to have some kind of a religious argument. But they are not going to have you come sleep over at their house and go on vacation together. They're just not going to get that close And it's really an important matter to settle because we have the example of Jesus and also the tension that his desire to seek and save the lost put him in with his closest friends. For example, John the Baptist. You know, John the Baptist was a man who would fast a couple times a week in keeping with pious, uh, the Pharisaic party of Judaism that, that he was part of, and that if, Je- if Jesus fit into any group in Israel in his day, it was Pharisees. They believed the whole Bible. They believed in the resurrection of the dead. They believed in a judgment on your life. They believed in, in a hell. They believed in a heaven. They believed in angels. Uh, the Sadducees had an entirely different theology in other groups too. So there was some common ground, but this whole thing, about uh... a concern for separation holiness and it led to just a huge focus on external legalistic holiness but here's john the baptist he is living the most extremely uh... self-denying life his diet is so small things he allows himself to to eat and drink no alcohol whatsoever he is wearing uh... Like you know, no, not even stylish clothes, just not even comfortable. He's wearing clothes that scratch his body so he'll be irritated. And, you know, like, this world is not my home. And he's not owning land. He's not getting a house. He's not building a family. He's just a one-man protest movement. And he has opened the door for Jesus. And Jesus says, come on to the center stage. And then here's Jesus. And he's not keeping the uh, extra fasting days that they had so many of. And he's not only that, he's drinking alcohol. And not only that, he's, he's hanging out. I mean, in their culture, Middle Eastern culture, to share a meal with someone is an endorsement on that person. And Jesus is sharing meals with people who are notorious for the things that they do and people who are also just branded in culture as those are not good people and he was eating food with them he was hanging out with them there was physical even times physical contact you know uh, there's touch going on and in a again a religion that believed that you you got sin on you you got defiled by physically touching somebody so this was something that never went away john the baptist sent a message to jesus saying are you even the messiah Or should I look for someone else? And, of course, the whole third year of his life, constant battles with the temple establishment over this exact issue. He he refuses to follow their rules that will separate him completely from lost people. He is not going to expect them to come to him. He is going to them. And in the Great Commission, you know, that first word... Go, you know, you get out of here. Go to them. You initiate action. And in the last few weeks, we've been talking about the need to initiate outreach to Babylon. We need to go to Babylon. It's not coming to us and we won't always be accepted in Babylon. But uh, as you start to go to Babylon, you start to enter the cities of the world and you start to enter and engage the spiritual powers behind those cities, and as you get your life closer to people who are not walking in the light, but some are very actively walking in the darkness, the danger is real that you can be affected by Babylon. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. We want to talk about the dangers of ministering in Babylon because these dangers are real. And although we have a calling to go into the cities and go into the world and, and to reach out, that outreach has risk. And we need to be careful about that risk. It has two kinds. You know, whenever you get near Babylon and you, you go there to make it your, your place of, of ministry, you've got two kinds of risks That come on you. The first one is external to you. Uh, Babylon does not want you there. Spiritual forces do not want you there. And the people who are in control of the other people. Who are in control of the darkness in Babylon. They don't want you there. And you can be put at risk. Uh, I remember reading a story from um, just a teenage girl. She was like 16 years old. And she was in Pakistan. She was serving the Lord and being very vocal about her witness in a, you know extremely fundamentalist uh, Muslim society. And she was getting threats and Christians were being, uh, you know, had been killed and killed in gruesome ways. And the threat on her was that she would be doused in kerosene and gasoline and set on fire. And she was being threatened with that. And I remember reading her words. It was a prayer. She said, "Oh Lord, let me burn as a torch for you. If they do that for me to me, I will stand firm and I will be a light to the world." And I just thought, "I want I'll have what she's having, you know. I want that in me. I want that much disregard for playing it safe in the world." But to know that there are many places in this world, and some of you are from those places, where to open your mouth and speak for Christ, you are putting yourself at physical risk. Things can happen to you from just uh, you know, verbal and social pressure on you to being beaten or being put in jail or even having your life taken or being scarred in some way. That can happen to you. And if you're in a place like that, God bless you, give you strength and give you the courage to stand firm in Babylon. We're only here for a short while. And if all we do our whole life is be safe, what was the point of this? Because we're going to die at the end anyway. We want our lives to accomplish something. We don't want to be foolish. We don't want, you know, and Jesus said, when you get people's temper up and they resist that message, don't just keep poking at them. Move on. You know, like Back off. Because you've got other places to go. There are other people to talk to. So don't bring it on yourself. But if you have to face it, be strong in the Lord. Uh, and you will, you will see his face. All right. So that's an external threat. And then there's an internal threat. And the internal threat is... That Babylon is the master of seduction. Babylon is portrayed in in the Bible, and especially in the New Testament. Babylon is portrayed as a really sexy woman. She's a powerful woman, and she is clothed in scarlet and luxury, and she's covered in jewelry, um, and the uh, Actually, let's read. Uh, I'm in Revelation chapter 17 and verse verse three. So he carried me away. This is an angel carrying away John the Revelator to let him see the spiritual realities. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. Okay, a fearsome person to look at. But I want, you, I want to take you to the next sentence. This is John. He is under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He is writing his revelation as he looks and takes in babylon look at the next sentence and when i saw her i marvelled with great amazement he is in a way captivated by her you know she is teeth have blood in them she's drinking she's drunk she's but she there's a power to her There's a pull, an attractiveness to her. And John is thrown off by this. He is is not equipped to deal with this. And the very next verse says, and the angel said to me, it's like, hey, hey, come out of it. The angel said to me, why did you marvel? You know, it's like, wake up. But see, that's the power of Babylon. And if you think you are so strong, That Babylon can't get to you. If you think you are somehow above adultery and fornication and taking money and following the crowd and denying the Lord, you're a dangerous person. Because until you understand how powerful Babylon is, how powerful the spiritual attraction in money, sex, and power are. They have been used from the dawn of time to corrupt God's people and to take good people and to tear them down. These are great powers and Babylon is the master at using all of these powers. I mean, I have seen Christians doing the most noble things. I've, uh, I know a man that was involved in uh, traffic and more than one. I have known more than one people. Uh, persons who were involved in trying to rescue uh, young girls and boys from trafficking, only themselves to lose their own marriage, to get involved with the same people they're trying to save and to become fascinated by them and attracted to them. There's a danger in all of these things. We need to be aware of that. We need to be cautious of that. And not to think that all these influences around us are neutral because they're not, money is not neutral. Uh, I heard a story about a Chinese pastor and he was uh, imprisoned. He was in prison for more than 10 years for his faith and he was abused. And in all this time, he stood firm and strong and he became actually notable in the body of Christ in China and he was ultimately released from prison. And when he was, some brothers from another country came to visit him. And they wanted to hear his story. And they wanted to know if there was anything they could do for him. They, they felt, you know, so inspired by his example. And so they just had beautiful fellowship and they began to come quietly into the country and then after one of their visits early on it was, uh, you know, it was coming to be a cold time of the year and they, they could see this was a poor brother he didn't have much and they wanted to bless him and so they took him into a a brand, branded store and they spent a lot of money on a really beautiful leather coat and this coat was stylish it was warm He looked great in this coat. And they said, God bless you and hope this helps you get through the winter. And they went, you know, they went back to their country. And the brothers who knew him said a change came over him that was almost immediate. And he started looking for more opportunities to get connected to brothers from other countries that might have a little more money than China. And he started acting a little bit cool. And they said, what a dozen years in prison could not do, a leather coat accomplished. You know, The, the breaking down of this man and, and the, the diminishing of him. I mean, it was, it was just a blessing. It was just people trying to be nice, but that's the power of it. This is powerful stuff. They all have forces. Money has a force behind it. Uh, Sexual attraction, we don't even have to talk about it. It's just everywhere around us, there's never been such a sexually energized and licentious age. Although, when you go back into ancient times too, it it, it was pretty dark. Well, let's look at what the Bible says to those of us in Babylon. So we are ministering to Babylon, but see, Babylon can get inside of you. It's one thing for you to go to Babylon. And for you to invade Babylon, it's another thing when Babylon invades you. And in this same pa- uh, passage in the book of Revelation, when you flip over to the next chapter, you know, you've got the one, you've got the one chapter where Babylon is trying to destroy the Christians within it, and Babylon is trying to stomp out the gospel, and the gospel is trying to spread and reach the people of Babylon. And there's a spiritual war that is going on and we're all engaged in that war. And then there's a time though where God has given Babylon enough time to repent. They don't need any more time. They've already made their decision and more time won't change anything. And in chapter 18, verse 2, Another angel cries out, this time says, mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. And then God calls in verse 4, and it's a new call. And he says to his messengers... Come out of her, my people. Come out of her. Lest you share in her sins, lest you receive of her plagues. There's a line in there somewhere that we have to recognize. And there's a line that, you know, even as we are trying to remain in the world but not of the world, there's a line where you've crossed over, there's a line where we've been compromised. There is a place where our spiritual health is now being depleted by things we ourselves, we are allowing ourselves to do. It's not just the the friendship. You know, because as long as you keep your mission in center focus, you know, Jesus is our example here. You can hang out with lost people and not become lost. He did it. You can hang out with people who are uh, sexually promiscuous and not become promiscuous yourself. It is possible to be a light in the darkness, but these are not things that you can do casually because they require spiritual covering. They require that we are alert because as the scripture said, your enemy, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It does not have to be you. You can live your life as an evangelist. You can live your life as a person of influence. You can reach out and bring people from the brink of destroying their own lives and they can thank you forever and say that, that woman rewrote my life story because of the, the intervention. See, the gospel requires us to invade their territory, to go into their houses, to reach out across the lines to people who are not always like us. They're like us in so many ways because we're all humans, but is your allegiance to the Lamb of God or is your allegiance to the prince and powers of darkness? There can't be a bigger difference between two humans. And to reach into their world, it is possible to do, but it takes diligence and vigilance and maybe for, for someone that's watching this, you've crossed the line and now Babylon has you and you have fallen into the hands of Babylon and the devil is there to steal and kill and destroy and he's taking away the holiness of your life and the sanctity of your life. And maybe this is a time that God wanted you to hear this talk and give you a wake-up call and say, come home, come home. You know, there are times that sometimes you get a little overwhelmed by your, by your circumstance. And you have to back out. And you have to give yourself a break. You have to maybe go to a, go to a place and get, get in fellowship. That's why, we, you know, we don't need to try this alone. This is a life that requires community. And God has given you community. And we want to be that community for you. You can be in the harvest. You can be in the mission. You can live a missional life and, and stay strong. Actually, be strengthened by that life you are living. And we believe, we believe that for you. And we know that it is true. We're doing our best to live that same life ourselves, and to be here for people all over the world who want to make a difference in the lives of other people. God's going to use you. You count on it. We've seen some good comments going back and forth during the the time in the Word of God. And it's, uh, I just think this is such an important issue for all of us. We're all spending a lot of time at home, and uh, you you know, you're not going to do any good in the world, you're not going to do any good about. Being salt and light. If you don't get out, mm-hmm. and a lot of Christians honestly don't get out, and maybe it's a little harder to get out even these days, but uh, you know there is a caution, and I felt like we needed to hear that today.
1: It's really important that, um, again, you know how salt flavors food, and often as you know, we become solid mm-hmm. in our walk with the Lord and really involved in our church community and our friendship circle becomes all Christian, um, it just feels good to be together. And often we'll spend our time and energy there and not get out into, into the world. And um, the Bible commands us to be salt um, to the world, to bring light into dark places. And we are to integrate um, into Babylon. We are to be light in dark places. But we have to always keep our guard um we have to recognize as chuck said in the beginning that this can happen to me and and then we put our boundaries up to say okay how do we keep this from happening i I remember when chuck was in seminary early in our marriage he came home with this great revelation and said i can commit adultery And, oh, my gosh, I was blown away in my naiveness. And I thought, how can he even think that? Doesn't he love me enough to say, you know, I I would never, I would never commit adultery, Sherry. But then as I became more mature and more wise and in my understanding, I realized, yes, I can commit adultery. He can commit adultery. Um, Nobody is... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Nobody beyond. is beyond this. Thank you, Chuck. Um, and so now, what do we have to do to make sure? What are the boundaries we have to institute into our life to make sure this never happens? And so, you know, we have to recognize these weaknesses in ourselves, in all humans, and then say, these are the things that we just can't cross over. But we have to go out. My sister, hey, Cindy made a comment um, that I thought was really good. She said, Staying out of Babylon, however, doesn't allow outreach. So it means that we have to be in it. You know, often I've had people say, Pray for me that I can get a job in the church or pray for me that I can get a job, you know, in a Christian organization. And I just thought, you know, you're in the right place. Stay where you're at and be light there. But it says, Staying out of Babylon, however, doesn't allow outreach. We need to put on the full armor and be filled and pray unceasingly so that we are prepared and protected. And that's very true. We have to stay full. Um, I know Chuck was saying we have to be careful, you know, that we're not spiritually depleted. And he has a great teaching. Maybe we'll have to share that sometime about ministering out of your overflow. Uh, We don't dig into our own wells. So that means we have to stay so full that we are overflowing and we need to make sure that we are filled up with his presence, that we are in his word, um, that we are communing with him regularly so that we are full. Because once we start digging in, we we get down to that gunk and we are so vulnerable in times like this. So put up those boundaries.
0: And good comment from... Psy. I'm going to call it Sai Matthew.
1: <laughs> Comments and questions. Let me read those to you.
0: Hold on. Please. I'll read hers. Yep. Okay. I've experienced Maybe. it firsthand. So, what do we do when we see everything working against us? Does it automatically mean that God never called us to go to this place in the first place? Surely He makes a clear path in the place where He calls us. Does this mean me becoming a primary school teacher was never my calling? All right, I can't speak to that last question because that depends on the circumstance that your life is in, but I can speak to the first ones and I, I I think it might be a little different than what some people anticipate. We're actually, after we move out of the Babylon series, we're gonna talk about spiritual resistance and one of the key points in that in that uh, series of talks, is going to be the understanding that you could really use. A lot of people think, I can find the will of God by the easiest path. So if I'm supposed to be here, everything's going to make it easy for me, and then I'll know that it's God making a way. Well, it depends on how you see it, because you could see it that we're engaged in a spiritual war. And the enemy, if, like, let's say there's three things that you could push on, and mainly they're all going to be good things. So you push on the one or two, no big deal. It's not going to change that much in society. It's not going to make that big a ripple. But number three, if you do that one, it's going to cause changes. So you can anticipate that you're going to get a lot of resistance if you try door number three. The darkness is going to throw every obstacle that it can in front of you so you could really instead of saying i could know the path of god by the easiest path you could go in reverse and say i can know i can know the path of god by the hardest path the one that every time i touch that bad things happen and it's like i'm getting resisted mm-hmm. you know this thing is too important for us, I can say it's, it's media missions. We've done church planting. We've done all kinds of stuff and loved all of it. Mm -hmm. And, but this is the field that once we got started on it, we've had no end of problems. Mm -hmm. And so that just lets us know it's a significant (laughs) thing to do. It's important enough that we get extra resistance when we engage it. So if you're in Babylon, don't expect that it's it's all going to be roses. Spiritual war is war, mm. and war is, is tense, and it's, you're at risk. So mm-hmm. I think we can expect some pushback.
1: Okay, mm. we have any? And Sai says, thanks, Papa Quinley. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought, too, but when do you put it down when the attacks were endless? Mm. When do you put it down when attacks were in attacks were endless?
0: You know, I, I think for me, you can do a lot more than you think you can do. It's very true. And whatever you think is the absolute limit of your abilities, it's not even close. You can keep on going. Uh, having said all that, there are times that you pull back mm-hmm. in a battle. But boy, don't do it too soon. Or you're gonna I had a friend who was in ministry and um, he actually it was his it was his first year in full time ministry and, and we were working together and there was a an event that this person was scheduled to be in charge of. And when I got there, they weren't there and they they just didn't show. And I checked on them later and I said You were in charge of that thing tonight. What happened? And they said, oh, well, I just felt so sick right before it was time. And so I just stayed home. And I said, well, if you want to be sick the rest of your life, keep doing that. Because all it was is, you know, an hour before you're supposed to be the one, the leader in charge, that's where you're feeling the pressure and that's where you feel the sickness. Um, If that's all it takes to get you to not show up, then you're going to find yourself getting attacked by sickness all the time. You just, you play hurt. Mm-hmm. You just keep playing. Every pro, you know, a lot of them, they got broken fingers and they just tape them together and play. That's how you do it. You just push. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a line where you, you step back a little bit and try to decide about your strategy. Uh, and and like I said, you know, Jesus said, if it's if you're just getting nothing but resistance from the people... Just go to another place. It's not all going to be like that, but you can't back off because of every little problem. That's You'll never true. get anything done.
1: Okay, Jessica says, Jessica de Guzman. Hi, Jessica. How will you know that a certain calling is from God?
0: How do you know that a, a certain calling, calling is, from is from God? That is a big, <laughs> that is a big question. Uh, we've actually got a whole course on media lights uh media light online um stump for words today <laughs> uh where our website for online courses um because it has to do with how you're wired there's a wiring mm, that's, that's in true. all of us and you shouldn't be so concerned about one specific job. Mm-hmm. You know, assume, am I supposed to be a postman or a pilot or a plumber? Um, you could be any of those things. Mm-hmm. And it depends on what you're wired for and which one you're going to get up and love doing every day. You know, the only callings aren't uh, full-time ministry. There's, there's a lot of things that people are supposed to do in life. And here's another thing. I don't think a calling is like, you know, how the carrot and the horse goes. You, you put a stick with a carrot on it and the horse is always trying to get it and it never can. Um, that isn't what your calling is supposed to be about. You have a general, I feel like, you have a general theme to your life. There is a thing that you are. It's not even what you do because who you are is more important than what you do. Mm-hmm. And what you do needs to flow out of who you naturally are. So you uh, you find yourself being uh, like a big sister. That's your normal. You know, for me, I've said many times, I'm a father in the land. God gave me a bunch of kids. Naturally, those kids started bringing their friends home, and then we you know we would have a dozen people in our house every weekend <laughs> uh, for years, and uh, they would invite their friends home from school to stay all weekend, and those kids related to me like a dad also. And then that started expanding, and I realized, hmm, this is what I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So now when I'm looking, uh, when I get ministry opportunities, my question would be, which one lets me be a spiritual dad the most? Which one Mm -hmm. would give me the best opportunity to do that and the freest opportunity to do that? So... I think you got to figure out what your theme is first of all. What Mm -hmm. is the thing that Mm -hmm. I bring? And okay, some people give me who knows Sherry personally. Put down what you think hers are, (laughs) Uh, because I think she's living out of her giftedness. You know, the core of who she is is what she does every day, and that just gives you a life. You know, that flows. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's how you are. Thanks.
1: Actually, then a plug-in from Media Light you know one thing that we really want you to go away from media light with is knowing who you are how god created you and we do personality testing that and great explanation um, strength finders how you handle stress and conflict Um, and you know just as understanding who you are through jesus and in jesus and i really feel like most of our graduates from media light and you guys that are on here can testify to that, um, really understand who you are better. And, um, it's very important that we know these, that God created us uniquely each one of us and to operate in our giftedness is essential because we can do so much more if we're doing that. So I would encourage you to dig deep and know that and really love what you do. And, um, I could go on about that, but I want, I want to read a few comments here. Uh, Cindy, again, wrote, um, let me see, ah, I lost it, <laughs> sorry, here you go. the enemy attacks that which is seen as a threat, back to um, the spiritual warfare um, that we're, that we go through when we often are doing the right thing. And... It is it becomes a threat and we may get attacked. And so don't give up and say, Oh, I'm on the wrong path. And that's not always the situation. Ron Doris says, It is in the midst of battles that victories are won. Most we have seen God accomplish has been when we were so battle weary that we asked God if if it was time to quit, and he showed up. And um, so <sighs> Chuck wrote a song one time. <laughs>
0: <It> says, <laughs> Which you've never heard. You've never heard
1: <laughs> Actually, while well, we were here in Jamaica in mm. the early 80s when we lived here, he said, Tough people. How's it go? Okay,
0: <laughs> tough times in <they> <laughs> There we <right>. go.
1: <laughs> but tough people, they always do. And you know, we've got to be tough, uh, especially in these days. And the, the more we go into this, uh, the tougher we've got to become. And... Also, we had a theme in our church that we planned in Lighthouse, and we live that theme. We build that theme into our media light pe- people. Um, uh, our our Lighthouse pastors and uh, team members can t- testify that, building big people. And I always tell myself when I'm in a, in a situation, I'm bigger than that. Or if I have resistance even with someone, it's like, I'm the bigger person. So how do I need to handle myself during this time? So be that big person and be tough and you know, um, I I saw that um, a dear one to us, Agat, is here with us hey, today. Hey, Hi, Agat. And she's been in a battle for years. She's been struggling with um, cancer, um, really severe form of cancer for many, many years. And we've been praying for you, Agat. Raina keeps us filled in regularly. I'm not the best communicator all the time um, for time being online, but um, we think about you. We pray for you. And I would encourage everybody here with us today. If you'll remember, Agat, um, she's really um, been in a battle, and um, but when I hear her reports through Raina, um, I'm just so encouraged with her toughness and her attitude, um, and just and and how she is pressed into the Lord and and knows the Lord, and she has tasted and seen and. Come what may, she is victorious, and um, and I've just really um, have been so encouraged by you, Gat. And actually, I would I'd like for us to stop and pray for Agat right now. And mm-hmm. I would ask that all of you continue to pray for Agat and get to know her, uh, friend her on Facebook, and and encourage her and hear from her because she'll encourage you for sure. Mm-hmm. So, would you pray for yep, Agat? Let's, let's pray together for Agat.
0: Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, from around the world, we reach out our, our hearts and our hands, and we lay them on Agat. and Lord, we heal her body in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. We curse cancer. We drive it out from her. Mm-hmm. We strengthen the life within her, and we make it grow powerful. We speak peace into her mind mm-hmm. and into her heart, mm-hmm. that the presence of God that she be aware because mm-hmm. God is always present that she will be aware of the presence of Mm -hmm. the Lord and Mm -hmm. that her days will be sweet with you. Heal her body, Lord. Extend her line on the earth. Yes, Jesus. She can be a powerful force for you Mm -hmm. in France or wherever she goes in Jesus' name.
1: Amen, amen. Amen.
0: You know, your life is going to have battles. Uh, Nobody's life is going to be battle-free. And if, if you think that's what the Christian life is, that Jesus is some kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, Kevlar jacket so you don't get hit with anything hard, I'm sorry, but you misunderstand it. Um, read his own words. In this world you shall have tribulation, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And we are, you know, if there's one word that stands out in the New Testament, Um, You know, in the the Old Testament, one of the key words is deliverance. And a lot of people love, you know, deliverance ministries, and I'm waiting for my deliverance, and that's fine, but that's primarily an Old Testament concept, and it's almost absent in the New Testament. The idea that when trouble comes down on you, all you can do is just hope and, and pray that God will come pull you out of it, and sometimes, honestly, that's all we can do. You you have no more abilities. But the New Testament word is an entirely different word, and it puts a spotlight on the concept overcomer. The problems come, you rise up. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is the perfect human, and he came to bring us to him, to, to make warriors, lords, out mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. We are created. Read Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. We were created by God to be his co-rulers on this planet. Mm-hmm. This is our world. Amen. And we've been beaten down. We've yes. let it slip through our hands. And there's a weakness in mm-hmm. humans. And we just follow, you know, follow Babylon mm-hmm. and and want to dress like Babylon and be like Babylon. Mm-hmm. And this whole life is about God raising up his people, his, mm-hmm. his seed people, uh, his remnant who are going to mm-hmm. take back. His planet and Jesus Amen. died for this Amen. planet. He wants it back. He wants the garden back, and mm-hmm. He has His capital city that He is bringing. This is going to be, you know, humans have tried utopia over mm-hmm. and over again. We always blow it. It's always human sinfulness is what always tears it down because uh, many different groups have had a sincere attempt <laughs> to build a, a noble society that is fair and. There's plenty for everyone, everyone's life's meaningful, and it's fine, but the root of sin in our heart is what's wrong with us. Mm -hmm. Jesus has come to pull that out and to give us new life. Mm -hmm. So we have the Holy Spirit living in us, Mm -hmm. and it's not external to us, but there's an internal goodness and power from God that's in us. But Mm -hmm. you got to feed that. So you feed your faith, and you fight your fear, and you don't give up. That that kind of warrior mentality mm-hmm. has got to be a normal mm-hmm. part of your those of your mindset, uh, especially if you intend to do any form of ministry, because all ministry is spiritual war. Mm-hmm.
1: And, I, so where Jessica quoted the song, we've got to fight that battle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we I love that line in that song that says, um, "We think we're surrounded, and we are surrounded, but we're surrounded by Him." And just r- always remember that. Um, back to what Chuck was saying though, um, I just want to make a comment on that is we've got to, in these days all the time, but especially in these days, because it's such a confusing time and we have blurred the lines and God has very defined lines. And the Bible says we have to love what he loves and hate what he hates. And, um, and there's just no two ways about that. And, um, you know, some people say, "Well, what's he love? What's he hate?" We need to be in the Word. You know, we need to know what he loves, what what he loves, and what he hates, and and look to the Word, not people's opinions, but see what he's saying. And I've I love this comment that um, Tom and Kulé, dear friends of ours, um, wrote. Don't forget that God is good, merciful, kind, and let us know lovingly. Uh, Kind and lets us know lovingly when it's time to move on or leave Babylon. It's there; we just have to listen to that still small voice. Um, we listen. Uh, I think we're going to be in Babylon. Um, uh, I don't. I don't know that we leave Babylon. Oh, well, Sorry, um, we're in Babylon, and I think um, you know. As we saw Jesus, we're to be. Were to be among all people and um and be light in dark places, be salt in in these places. Um, but we again got to guard ourselves and um, be diligent. And we do listen to that still small voice. I think you're talking about the um
0: the, your place in ministry.
1: Yeah, your place in ministry. So do listen to the still f- small voice. I um read one in one book that I love, um, Secrets in the Secret Place, and um. <clears throat> he wrote the author of that book writes that he feels like the most important word in the bible is here here you know and we've got to quiet ourselves enough in the busyness of the world and the chaoticness that's going on to hear hear what he's saying we get all Mm. kinds of things thrown at, at us and um But we have to hear what He's saying for our particular place and time and for what's going on in Babylon all around us. We need to hear from Him. In this thunder, we hear His still, small voice. And so we need to make sure that we are taking time and listening and hearing His voice in these days especially.
0: Mm -hmm. I want to promote the podcast again if you, mm-hmm. if you want to understand the core message of the Bible, because if, if you go into churches and you put a microphone in front of people and you say, what is the one overall message, clear message, mm-hmm. that's in the books from Genesis through Revelation, you will be surprised how many answers you get. We're just all over the place. Even to say, what was the central message of Jesus? What did Jesus teach? Mm-hmm. We're just not well catechized as christians you know we we don't know uh, our bible and it, it starts to me with the big theme you need to know the message that starts on the first word of the first line mm-hmm. and gets tied up in the last book on the last page mm-hmm. so uh if that's if you need that because i need it and uh, i'm amazed at how much has has been revealed as I'm digging into this, I've spent three years now just on that one idea, getting the overall message right. Because um, almost right, is you're still way off bounds. But if you just check out Thread, Thread Bible Podcast, it's, a, it's everywhere that you could um, see a po- uh, listen to a podcast. And I, I just want to recommend that to you. I put a lot of work into that. If you start with season four... It's about the big message of the Bible. Season three is about a life in ministry, and that's the study of 2 Corinthians. But we just go verse by verse. It's really slow moving, but there is so much in God's Word when you don't read it like a newspaper, but you you slowly look at the craft of how every, every word is chosen. So I, I really want to encourage you to check it out, see what mm-hmm. you think about it. And if you enjoy it, please pass it on to your friend, just like this podcast.
1: Okay, We're going to have to close in a moment, but I want to say one more thing that I just feel like we need to, to address, and that is, as much as we've got to guard ourselves while we're in Babylon, and be in Babylon, don't run from it, be, you know, be here, make a difference, like we talked about last week, be that person that makes a difference, But we've got to protect our kids. Um, we've got to Mm. be so intentional more than ever before. They need to know the word of God. So many young people don't know the word of God. Mm -hmm. And we've got to be parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, sisters and brothers, friends that help our kids
0: Mm -hmm.
1: stay away from these things. You know, they, you know, don't mindlessly put these things in front of them these and the iPads and and you know the, again the enemy works here we know that we know that so truly how how the enemy works here and that's why we're trying to make a difference also and be so active and intentional here but when we put these things in front of our children um they are seeing all kinds of stuff they are hearing they who are the influences in their lives You know, if they're going to watch something, I would say sit down and watch with them. especially, you know, um, you put something on in YouTube, the ads that come up in little kids' programs, if you're not watching with them, watch out. I mean, they're putting all kinds of things in there. And and I've watched some articles just recently where they knew who's watching. So Mm -hmm. if you're watching with them, it doesn't come sometimes. But if they're on their own and they're watching, they, these articles come up. And um, please, please be more, we all need to be more diligent and guard our children because mm-hmm. they will grow up with um, concepts and influences that have become normal in their lives. And w- we've got to counteract that. We've got to fight. We've got to be intentional. Mm-hmm and um be the influencers be the trainers train up our children in the ways of the Lord mm-hmm. we got to press it into their hearts and help them mm-hmm. to to see how good God is mm-hmm. how loving God is and see God in all things beautiful and
0: so many christian kids are growing so. up ignorant of God's word mm-hmm. i mean They're tuned into Babylon TV, like Sherry said, two, three hours every single day. That's 36 Mm. hours a week of mind programming. And then we might do a little Now I Lay Me Bible book before they go to Mm -hmm. sleep. It's like, I'm sorry, that is not going to even make an impression on them. Um, You get one chance with Mm -hmm. your kids. And to put the right thinking in their mind, it's not a small matter, so... And it's harder than ever because Mm -hmm. now we have so many influences. But thankfully, so many of them are electronic. And if you really want to, you can unplug those things. And frankly, your kids will behave better without all the electric stimulation. And you'll find they're not that much harder to manage. People think it's a pacifier. But it's actually an agitator. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Anyway, we're on a whole nother yes. subject now. <laughs> Maybe we could we'll do have a, a, a family of, podcast yes. one day. But be intentional. Uh-huh. You know, like
1: Chuck said, you only have one chance. We only have one chance. And yeah. for me, it's the greatest thing you'll ever do in your life is help shape and form these little ones. And it's uh, mm. such an opportunity that God gives us to do. And they've got to have it planted in us because we're not going to always be there for them. And so... I just wanted to plug that in today. Um, Jacob, Jacob um, Gingrich. Gingrich, I didn't want to pronounce it wrong, made the comment, heaven is coming. And I think we ought to close on that. Um, there's probably a few more comments and questions, but I think we've gone over our time, so we'll try to get in the chat room and answer those or bring them back next week. And please be back with us next week. Be sure to share with others, encourage them to be with us, and... Um, and stay tuned because we are creating a media light online that's, that we feel like is going to be transformative and interactive like this. And um, we want you to um, be watching for that and sign up for that. How many more days till we launch that?
0: Can't say that because we have a meeting. As soon as we, we hang up here, we <laughs> with start our, another With our amazing
1: with the, dream team. With the
0: crew. All <laughs> yes. right. Well, that's all from us.
1: Yes. Pray that prayer. Even so, come quickly, Lord
0: Jesus. Amen. It's all from us. The mic is yours. Go mm-hmm. raise your voice.